you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest. His name is Tago, or excuse me, Tiago Faria. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about the course creation industry, membership sites, coaching, and most importantly, how to get your students and your clients to get results. Because if we don't get them results, they're not going to be successful with the program. They're not going to refer you more business. But let's just dive right in there, Tiago. How do we get our clients results and not just sell them products? <laughs> Amazing question, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, it's a true honor to be here. And yeah, in terms of generating results, I think it's not about, it starts before the course even is created. I believe in my own. In my own experience doing this for like already five, six years is we have to start first of all, defining exactly who we're trying to help and what like the kind of person, what context does she have? What kind of problem do we want to solve with the specific problem? Not just any kind of thing it has to be something that they actually want to solve right now so that we, they don't fall into the trap of job. Maybe someday I'll do that or, and they don't buy it or if they buy it by pressure. Then they don't implement it because it's not something that is urgent for them to solve. So it starts with that, the definition of the niche. And then we have to, what I love to do in my anti-marketing approach is to just talk to people. And I love to tell my clients to, okay, you already have clients you've worked with before or leads you've worked in the past. Let's just interview five to 10 people that you know you could help and ask them questions like, what are the main frustrations? What are you dealing with daily? How do you, how does it make you feel? What are your objectives? Because then you can collect all those emotional words that are super useful, not only for you to craft an offer, position your offer in a way that is super attractive to whoever is listening to. And so that we are super clear also on what's the outcome. What are we going to, what results can people expect from it? So that, that's the key thing. So talk to people, be very clear who you're helping out and what is the outcome. And then also when you're in terms of definition of people, you will accept your courses. You also, you should also be very selective on who, where you're most valued, who will be more likely to succeed with you. And you should be more selective and only accept those that you know, okay, she's the right, that person has the right mindset, has the right resources, has the right ability to implement. This is super crucial because imagine if you're trying to help C-level single moms to you know, improve their relationship with their child or something like that. If you have a course of 80 hours, it's quite unlikely that, that person will <laughs> implement to her or even finish the course or even get results. So we have to be extremely clear on exactly if the person has the ability to implement, not only to buy, of course, if she has the resources, et cetera, but the ability to implement. And that those are two important things for us to make sure that people actually that come in, have the ability to implement and succeed. And then of course, in order to make them feel like they're progressing, pro progressing while, during the course, I love to not only wait 
not only make the person wait until the end of the course so that you can have the outcome, but also think of some strategic quick wins that we could add to the beginning. Like the first week, you, if you do this, you'll immediately have this cool momentum going on and the person will be motivated. Okay, this is working. I, I can see this happening. So those things I think are super important. And then of course, the accountability part, which is something that all my courses, I had this problem that people didn't implement or they got blocked somewhere or if there has to be some sort of access to you, the course creator. I know most people say, ah, I want it completely passive. <laughs> Just create something and sell it to people. But there has to be some sort of access to you. It can be live like Q&A sessions or creating a community where you manage that part. It can also be like offline support where the persons can submit a question, something that's blocking them, and you can answer on a Loom video something offline or there's in my opinion there has to be some sort of access to you but i think i rambled a bit about it. i don't know if it i answered your question <laughs> i love we... that i love that <laughs> tell us more about if we give them access whether that's like an email form a contact form or a forum or group coaching calls or one-on-one -on -one coaching calls how can we best support them when we have that, when we're holding that space for them and, and communication with us? How can we best support if, we have, if they have access to us? Yeah. I think the, the, one of the things is to have goals for the people to implement during the week or something. Something to keep them accountable. Like in this week, uh, you achieve this specific goal or you have this thing in mind that you should be implementing. I think it's a matter of having something for people to implement and then simply asking, did you do this that you promised you had before? <laughs> and then I'm trying to unblock, trying to find out where people are actually being blocked on. There's something that they're not, it's not allowing for them to continue. And we should be there in those moments, either in real time in Q and A sessions and also I, I, I learned that even in group programs where there's like group Q and A's and et cetera, I think it's for me, it's super important to still have one-on-one -on -one access to you. Either it's like by chat only or by some platform or email support. Because I think in my opinion, that's the way for you to guarantee that people actually reach like as close as possible to hundred percent implementation success in, in your courses. Yeah, I think that's, those are key things. You mentioned earlier, before getting to results, the offer needs to be clear and the niche needs to be defined. Can you give us an example of what a strong offer in the help industry or the expert industry looks like? Yeah, so imagine you're like a relationship coach <laughs> and you say something generic like, I help you improve your relationship with your partner or something like that. Uh, in, the, in that sense, since there are already so many offers in, in uh, that area, that message uh, dissipates. Uh, it, it is not a strong reason for me to buy now because, okay, it doesn't resonate with me. It's not, I, I feel it's something very distant. It's, it's not something I have, I'm feeling right now as a problem. So uh, instead of that, of being too generic, a good offer is, is something that actually 
solves a now problem, something that is specific and urgent for the person uh, that is on the other side. So for example, in a relationship niche, you could do something like focus on, on, on a specific person and a specific context. I help like men that are on the verge of divorce to <laughs> go back to, to, to normal relationship and save your marriage. So it, it tackles a problem that the person is, is feeling exactly right now and it's urgent for them to solve. And that, that, that has by itself a very strong urgency attached to it, right? And the people, the person wants to act now and it's more likely that she will buy it from you and really want to pay a premium to, to have you solve that problem for them right now. So I think that's probably the strongest component. Then, of course, you also have to have the outcome has to be super clear on what the person is actually going to achieve. How is her life going to be like once it goes through you, with, through the work with you? Uh, and the, and the, the way we get there is what I said at the beginning is by interviewing people, actually talking to people and recording those conversations. And instead of you interpret, interpreting their words, you, you actually just record it and transcribe it and okay. These are the emotional words people are, are using. And if you use that in your own communication, it will resonate. It's inevitable that people think, oh my God, this is my, me right now. This person understands me deeply. So if she understands me deeply, it means she can actually help me. So I'm going to work with uh, Chris. Or <laughs> I, I, Yes, those are two, um, two strong components that if, you're, if you nail this down, it's already halfway there, halfway there to have an offer that's held by itself. What got you passionate about the help industry, the whole online course, coaching, information product, online education industry? What got me, it's, it's just that I love helping people. I always loved helping people. And uh, once I worked at Google for eight years and I was feeling very limited there in the corporate world. So when I decided to come back to, to Portugal, start my own business. I was helping people. I was helping local businesses, helping small companies. And I feel, I think I started feeling like the person that I can help the best is, is me. I'm someone that is providing a service or a consultancy for others and trying to help others generate results. And I felt that, okay, I understand myself the best. I'm my ideal client. <laughs> and I think it's the most abundant business area because you really are helping people make a difference in the world. You're, you're helping the community around you. You help, you make others help others and which is like a compound effect. And that's what, yeah, that's what fascinates me to this, in this industry. But of course, there's a, a lot of, a lot of people in this industry that are not focused on generic results, which upsets me, but we're here to make a difference, right? You and me, Chris, <laughs> we're focused on, this is the, the results business. So we should be focusing on that. And every, if you focus on that, like generate results to people, the rest will come eventually because you'll get testimonials, you get case studies, people will be very happy to work with you. They will tell others and it, it's, it's inevitable that you have success. I think you mentioned there was about six years post Google that you've come into this industry. Um, tell us about your experience as a helper, as a course creator, and, and how you figured out how to package your knowledge, experience, and expertise. Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. So uh, the, the first course I created was, uh, I made all the mistakes possible. <laughs> I made it like an encyclopedia course with everything I knew yeah. uh, and something else, of course. And which is, was it crazy because people to go through a huge program, they become overwhelmed and they will never implement it and uh, they get lost. So this was the first mistake. And then the second mistake was not having a clear, you know, like I said, a clear niche, a clear person that I was helping a clear outcome. And also I created everything before I sold anything. I, I spent like weeks or months creating that encyclopedia to then understand when I sold it, oh, okay, just one or two, three people bought it. It really didn't, it didn't work out as I wanted. <laughs> so yeah, it was, was many years of experimenting and mistake, having huge mistakes all the time. Until I, of course, working with other coaches, mentors that helped me out. Okay, let's clarify your message. Let's make sure you simplify your processes to something that is easy to implement and generate results. It took me a while. It took me a while to get there. At first, I was focused on providing services. I was a service provider for small businesses. And then I transitioned to help industry. And for three years, I did all those mistakes. And I was falling into complicating my life and my clients' lives with overly complex strategies like funnels and ads and SEOs and crazy stuff like that. And it was only when I started simplifying everything, I reached this anti-marketing approach to generate quick results to people and focus on a specific outcome. That's when things start, start, started working out, but it was a long, painful process. <laughs> Tell us more about the anti-marketing angle. <laughs> Yes, it's not exactly that I'm anti-marketing. I, I love marketing, of course, but it's uh, I'm more anti-shiny objects for you to get distracted with funnels and ads and those th the same traps that I was involved in in the first few years. And, and I truly believe that you already have everything you need around you in your own world to start and grow a very cool, sustainable business. And if you focus on your established relationships, you have everyone, all of us have a, a contact list. We all have a with friends, family, colleagues, LinkedIn connections. We have an audience that's some, of some sort. And we have also customer lists, our previous clients we work with. So tapping into those established relationships to help you craft an offer that reflects what they actually want to buy, your ideal clients. That's why I say you should interview five, 10 people in your network. And, and because if you do that, you create something that people actually want to buy and implement. And then you can go back to those people to interview and say, hey, I created this offer that answers this problem you said you have. What do you think? <laughs> do you know someone that will be interested in that? And only with that small interviewing process, you can start already selling your course or, or coaching program, et cetera. And, uh, and then I love to do tapping into your own audience, using social media as a, an excuse for you to generate conversations, to talk to people, using those kind of hand-raising posts where you say, when you create a video that solves a problem, uh, that shows how people can solve a problem uh, in a specific way that's interesting for them. And then posting a, on social media, something like, I created a video that helps you do this. If you want to watch it, comment below or send me a message and I'll send it over to you. Just as an excuse for you to start generating conversations with your current audience, you can find those people that are ready to buy now if you do those kinds of posts and, and you interact with them and use DM, Messenger, whatever. So those for the people who actually want to buy your offer and for those people that are around you that don't need your offer right now, 
that you, you can still make them help you because everybody needs money. So you can, why not creating a, a cool referral partner, a referral program around your course that incentivizes people to send you over potential clients and you can then pay them a commission. But you, as you see, you will only use your tapping into your network. You can immediately get clients and you can immediately have access to big networks because people know people that know people. And you can start having people helping you out, motivated to help you. And yeah, that's the basis of the anti-marketing approach. <laughs> I love that. I know you cr created or completed in 2021 a YouTube 120-day YouTube challenge. I'm a big fan of YouTube as a place to practice making videos and also reach your people and uh, create valuable content. Can you tell us about the challenge you did? Yeah, sure. It was um, inspired by Mr. Miles Beckler. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, yeah. He's one of the good guys of internet marketing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I was incentivized because I, I was very introvert person. I even hated public presentations. And I knew that video was a super important skill to, to have. So I just told myself, okay, I'm just going to destroy this silly belief I have that I'm not a creator. <laughs> And I'm just going to commit to 90 days of 90 consecutive videos on YouTube. And, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's amazing because you actually start breaking the, the silly beliefs that you have by brute force. You'll hate the first video, you'll hate the second video, but you just keep going and forgetting what you just published. And at some point you find your voice, you get much more comfortable with the camera. And also you start positioning yourself as a cool partner of of YouTube, for example, it starts seeing you, okay, this guy is answering all the questions people have in his niche. I'm going to put more eyes on him. And of course I was using some kind of SEO little skills for to make sure that my videos are searchable on, on YouTube to leverage the search engine of YouTube, because at the beginning, you're not going to have a lot of suggested videos going onto your site. So I, I made a combination of, of those things. Brute force, creating content, answering questions that people have in my niche. And yeah, and then start having comments. A topic of one video gives me an idea for the next video. The ideas will never exhaust. And at some point you became a creator. You suddenly start, your life kind of changes because you're just a, a consumer before. And suddenly after three months, you're a creator now. And it's a skill for life for, to create courses. <laughs> to create content, to sell your programs, etc. And yeah, and, and I, I extended for 120 days just because, just because I wanted to <laughs> extend it and overachieve at some, somehow. And it's amazing. It's the 90 day challenge is really life transforming. If you want to acquire a new skill of, of some sort that you're not comfortable, but you feel it's important, it, it's for me, it's the best way I, I did afterwards. I did email 90 day challenge. I did also, I started with a blog 90 day challenge. And uh, yeah, super recommended. <laughs> I, I'm looking at your YouTube channel. I see you've got some great interviews on there. What's your advice to people to not just make all the content yourselves, but bring in experts and, and do shows? Like, how did you develop the interview skill? Actually, it was, I started interviewing on my YouTube before the 90 Day Challenge. I started that podcast. Because it was my first attempt to start becoming more comfortable in camera. Because you're interviewing, you're passing the ball to the other side. <laughs> the mm -hmm. attention is on the guest. 
And uh, it was also a cool way for me to create a network of very influential people in this, in this, in this sphere, because I was new to the business in Portugal in 2019. So it was, I was surprised at how easily people say yes. People love to talk about themselves. And <laughs> even if it's someone you think it's unachievable, you'll be surprised by how people say yes. Those, the right people, the, the people that have the right mindset that know that it's a matter of doing a lot of these things constantly. And uh, yeah, it was amazing to create that network, to have access to other people's audiences, right? Because those people bring their own audience. So people find me that way. And my podcast actually is still something that brings me people till nowadays. It's a super abundant strategy. And then if you combine this of having your podcast with also being a guest on other people's podcasts, it's an amazing way to reach to new audiences that you would never reach in another way, unless you play for ads or you play that game. But yeah, it's super recommended. Before we hit record, you were talking about expansion outside of Portugal. And I'm curious, one, if you could tell us about your ideas around thinking bigger and two, how you think about multi multiple languages. Like you have Portuguese content and you have some English content. So how do you, and there's so many different languages in the world and we really think big. That's a, that's a big challenge and not everybody speaks one language or whatever. So yeah, tell us about thinking big. Yeah. Yeah. I was not actually thinking big <laughs> until last year. I was focused on Portugal. We were talking offline because I, I thought it's easier here, no smaller market, less competition. I know the language. But yeah, then my coach at some point told me, Tiago, your Portugal is 10 million people and there's 1.8 billion English speakers. That it's, there's space for everyone. Yes, there's more competition, but also there's nobody like you. You're, you're unique. You have your own unique perspectives and, and it's completely true. It's a massive market that is out there that I, I was ignoring for too long. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm expanding my reach now. And uh, of course, that, having Portuguese and English, I think it opens up even more opportunity because there are Portuguese people that don't actually speak English. Why not also help those out? And I think you, if you speak second, third language, I think it's a great idea to just not limit yourself to, to one. And if you work online, of course. If in this industry that, that you can actually help people online, there's the world is a limit. Uh, I don't believe that you should be limiting yourself. But I was not always like that, right? So <laughs> here we go. Now I'm the world is uh, the limit. That's awesome. Tell us more about just your your journey into being a coaching client yourself, sometimes I think it's helpful to invert, like you help people, but you're also asking for help from coaches and stuff. What have you learned from your own experience as a client under a yeah. coach? Absolutely. For too long, I was trying to do everything alone. I think it's a natural tendency that we have sometimes at the beginning that, ah, I can do everything my own. I'll just use YouTube, buy some courses here and there and just assemble it all and it's possible, but that's the hardest way. And I actually understood it after interviewing all those experts on my podcast, Th that was a, a pattern there. They're all early on in their career. They reached out to someone that is already at a higher stage to, to ask for help, ask for a mentor, for a coach. And that's just the short the shortcut for you to 
succeed and go faster to where you want to go, it's, I, th I think it's crucial. And I think it's the earlier we do it, the, the better. It avoids so many headaches, so many like frustrations. And why wait if you can have like a shortcut, someone that already went through the, your same path and that you avoid mo many mistakes. Of course, you still make mistakes, but uh, at least you have a, a clearer path, someone that already organized the information into a, kind of a, a guided way for you to implement and keeps you accountable. And when I, so after three years, 2021, I finally decided to work with a mentor. His name was Terry Dean. And he, yeah, he helped me out. Let's make a vision. Okay. To be clear where you want to go to keep your, like av avoid distractions and uh, keep you focused, make a plan, yearly plan, weekly plan, and actually be concrete about who I'm helping, simplifying my processes. So if I didn't reach out to him, I would probably still be. <laughs> firing everywhere and trying, falling into all the traps, all the shiny objects. While I could already be, while now I'm helping the people that actually need me, I will be postponing this, this situation, right? And it's the smartest thing to do, I believe. How do you define your niche or your avatar, the people that you help? How do I define? So I, I define it as the, I'm working the people that work in the help industry which are coaches, consultants, service providers, people that actually help others achieve some sort of results. And my people are trying to get results consistently, but cringe to think that they'll have to post reels on Instagram every day, or they're tired of wasting money on ads that are just eating their budget. And they think that's the only way to do it. So then that's the kind of people that I would really love to help that it's me in the past, basically. <laughs> and. I love to help them with the anti-marketing approach. Okay, let's simplify everything. Let's use the anti-marketing method to craft something that your people really want to buy, that you're happy with, that excites you and them, and then tap into your network and then tap into other people's audiences through podcast guest guesting or podcast creation. So yeah, that's my main focus. What do you think the biggest challenges or problems that people in the help industry or have what, what are the main buckets like one to five challenges that they have and i one of them you mentioned already which was the they're trying to do it all alone and figuring out everything <laughs> from scratch like that's a problem what and shiny object syndrome but what else are they struggling with uh, i think the main tendency is also to try to help everyone like anyone that gives me money is a potential client <laughs> And that's a bit, it complicates your life too much because your messaging is too bland, it dissipates in the ether and you don't attract anyone specifically. So, yeah. Drilling down the niche is, I believe is crucial. Finding that person that you can ask actually help the best, the easiest, the fastest that actually can buy your courses and they can actually implement your courses. It's super, super important. So being super clear about that and solving the problem that we talked about the now, the urgent problem. So super, super clear. It makes everything so much easier. Your communication, selling, you know exactly what are the object objections and you know exactly what the person wants. And also the delivery of your course, right? If you're super clear on that, you know that you don't need to put everything inside the course, everything that you know in the course. There's only just a couple of things that are crucial for that person to achieve that specific result. And you just put that. 
and magic can start happening, right? So the, the, the niche and the clarification being too generalist is one of the, the biggest mistakes. And then maybe also the mistake I, I was making, the creating everything before you even sell it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of selling it first and then going through the program with your first clients to to make sure it reflects what the market actually needs and wants, to, that answers all the main obstacles. And I, I love that, love this approach of selling first and then going through the program with your first beta users, basically. <laughs> because we're always in our own mind, right? As creators, we think we just create something in our own minds and then hope that people will buy it. Why not just invert the process and have fun creating it together with people? And, and then it will be something that people really want to buy and, and achieve. So those are the, I think, the main things that I, I find when people I talk to. That's awesome. Tell us more about your vision, the world you want to create, or the, the vision of you're committed as a creator. Like, what is your vision? Yes, so I had the, the vision of, I was limited to Portugal. <laughs> I wanted to help 3.14% of the population here <laughs> to start finding their own purpose, helping others, get, get rewarded by helping others achieve results. And but probably not just by, by my own, of course. I would, by my own content, by everything I, I create until then, by maybe my team in the future that will start spreading the message. But yeah, I really believe that this is a super abundant area and industry that helps each other out and creates a community of people willing to help each other. That's just something that fascinates me and it's super abundant. Yeah. My vision is to, to keep, keep growing, keep, keep helping people because the more people I help, the more they will help others <laughs> and it just multiplies the effects and that's fascinating to me. I love that. We have a similar vision. I call it accelerate <laughs> the accelerators. Yeah, accelerate the accelerators is cool. Yeah. Tiago is at tiagofaria.pt. How else can people connect with you and work with you? And what can they do to go deeper with you? Yeah, I think the easiest way is to just shoot me an email with any questions you have about what we talk here today or anything you want to know about what I've been doing in the past. So at Tiago at TiagoFaria.pt. Or you can, if you want, you can go to my website to book a call at TiagoFaria.pt forward slash call. And we can have a chat. I just love to meet new people in this industry, brainstorm some simple strategies that people can implement today. And uh, yeah, that's those are two ways that I would love to connect with people. That's awesome, Tiago. Thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And I wish you all the best on the journey. And it's fun to be with you on the journey because we do very similar things. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for you. And I'm really glad that there's people like you out there in the world that are trying to help the helpers. Because when Mm -hmm. somebody's called to help people, particularly the helpers, it can have a massive impact on the world. So keep up the amazing work. Thank you so much, Chris. Chris was a true honor, and I hope people take something out of this conversation today. 
And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.